1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630
0: Chad. 3-2 Rangers lead the Maple Leafs late in the second period after the first no score between the Bruins and the Blackhawks. Oilers flew home today after losing to the Coyotes last night. They will take on the Sharks tomorrow, 6 o'clock face-off show here on 6.30, Chad. The game will start at 7.30. A lot going on with the Edmonton Eskimos recently. Some signings, some players being released. Linebacker Javon Santos-Knox signed a contract extension. The uh, Trevor Harris contract extension last week. Uh, some of the more notable ones. And receiver Nathay Ajay was released and has since joined the Toronto Argos. Here is uh, some social media video of ate's daughter, Layla. Hey,
2: Layla. You wanna go back to Toronto? No. What?
3: Are you sure that's our
2: home?
1: I don't wanna. I don't wanna stay here.
2: You wanna stay in Edmonton? Yeah. You like Edmonton? Yeah. Edmonton fun?
1: Yeah. I wanna stay here.
2: <laughs> but we gotta go back home, Mama.
1: Mama, I wanna stay here.
2: Huh? Yeah? Don't <laughs> call Bobby. Here. What are you gonna? You gonna stay here by yourself without us?
0: yeah i know well i can't comment much on that speaks for itself as we bring the the dad to the show natea jay (laughs) Nate, welcome back to inside sports how are you doing i'm doing (laughs) i'm doing great the video is giving me (laughs) flashbacks. how's layla doing (laughs) oh she uh she's doing all right i think we had to talk to her a little bit and
2: it's kind of sweet in the pot but uh she was pretty devastated <laughs>
0: how old is she again she's three all right so does she really remember having lived in toronto before uh
2: yeah she does she does um we were back and forth so we we're going back in the off season so she's got her friends and um, and whatnot back home so she remembers for sure
0: all right well that's uh, a touching a touching piece of video there for sure and and a reminder that uh, as a pro athlete it has an impact on a lot of other people too and and there's a lot of stability and didn't you make the decision last winter to move to edmonton? Yeah, we actually no actually this winter we
2: uh made the decision to move to edmonton and and it's it's been a short stay
0: to say the least. <laughs> so just for this off season you were spending it here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the uh, the stings that goes along with a lot of sports is great sport, horrible business. I think that applies here. Uh, and and thanks for doing this, Tammy. I mean, you've you've kind of an honorary member of the 630 Jet Sports Department. You did some reporting for us uh, during the Grey Cup week here in Edmonton, and you've always been very uh, open about some of your experiences as an athlete. So we we got to talk about this one. What yeah. ha- what happens here? when a when a player is formally released like you were by the Eskimos on the weekend, can you take us through any of the, the lead up to this from your perspective?
2: Yeah, you know, um you know uh how it went with me was I was uh due a bonus on February first, so um uh which was a Monday. So on the Sunday my agent contacts me and tells me, uh, hey, you know, Edmonton wants to rework your deal. Maybe take a pay cut. Uh, let's. Need to, would you want to talk about it? So we go back and forth, and uh, we basically decided that it was, you know, too much uh, to to deal with, uh, too much to come down on, and you know, we knew the possibility of me getting released was was real at that point. So um, I was. I was, you know, obviously devastated. I was, you know, I want to stay in Everton but obviously I have a family as well, and um, I've got to do right by them. So I uh, decided it was uh, it was probably the best decision for me to accept, you know, whatever the fate was going to be. And then, so later that night, uh, you know, I hear back from my agent after he'd been talk- contacting with the team, contacted by the team, and he tells me, yeah, they're going to go ahead and release you. And um know Brock's going to call you at some point but yeah that's that's probably the move so you know that that obviously was crushing um you know I had told tell, telling my wife it was tough uh you know we got to like Edmonton a lot uh, you know I told her until I called my dad called my mom to tell them and uh it was definitely tough um but it's it's what it's what comes with the along the territory it comes with the game and uh we know that coming in um that that's what you know we're gonna all have to deal with at some point or another sooner than later and at this time it was a little sooner than I expected Uh, so it it hurt a little bit more but that's that's the name of the game for sure so that's that's what we're going through and then then you start thinking like okay we are in Edmonton but we're not gonna be here in the season Uh, what's next so that's that's when my agent starts telling me hey You know there's a few teams that after the release a few teams have contacted him uh well how do you want me to proceed and then that's where i'm talking to my wife i'm like okay these are options um you know x y and z and then toronto ended up being one of those teams that was interested and uh, obviously, for family reasons, we we were uh, all interested in that, um, and there was also a need there. So it was just it was a great fit. Um, so that's what that's what goes down. You know, you start weighing out the options, and you know, uh, we were fortunate for us. Toronto um, ended up being an option, and an option that was uh, pretty good considering um, that's our home. So um, you know, a, a devastating situation turned uh, a little bit better, uh, just knowing that you know. You know, we obviously wanted to stay in Edmonton, but uh, yeah, that wasn't in the cards this year. And but we have another option, and it's it's a place we're familiar with and a place we love, so it, it wasn't it wasn't so bad.
0: This really speaks to how the the uncertainty for an athlete in the Canadian Football League, because none of these contracts are, are guaranteed, right? I mean. I, I don't even think star players have guaranteed contracts. You can literally be released at yeah. at, at any time, and then some income you thought yeah. you might be getting isn't going to be available.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly what happened. I was, you know, I was pretty surprised. Um, you know, the, a couple of days before, like the Friday, you know, got released on the Sunday, but the Friday and uh, or Thursday, I was in the facility, um, you know, meeting with some coaches um getting some treatment but with the trainers talking to you know all the guys you know top to bottom the marketing guys you know the equipment guys just you know just you know acting like everything was normal and i thought everything was normal you know to be honest but then um it just goes to show you just never know right so that's the nature of the game uh no guaranteeing contract that's that's
0: that's what happened so you, you go through something like this i, I mean do you feel I mean, I guess I'll just ask it this way. Do, do you have any hard feelings towards the Eskimos or Brock because of this, or do you just roll with it because it could happen to anybody?
2: Yeah, you know what? I, I'm a I'm a pretty positive guy. Um, like, probably as, as positive as they come. And initially, I was just hurt. I'm like, man, I you know put so much into it. I, I love the city. No, I love I love the team, I love being part of the organization, like, you know, everything, the people, like that's what I was hurt most hurt by and then but I, I don't have any hard feelings towards Brock. Um he's doing the best he can for the team. I you know, I thought he was a good uh general manager before this and I still think he's a he's a good general manager now. Um one one decision uh isn't gonna change that and just because it was me that was on the um the bad end of it this time it's not gonna change. I feel about him or the city or the team. It's you know it's been I've been here for four years and um, I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, I wish it, I wish it could have been longer, but you know you, you just understand that it could be happen to anybody. Like being here for four years, I've seen a lot of people get released uh, that weren't expecting it, or you know, or around the league that you know unfortunate things happen to. You. So you, you not that I'm de- desensitized to it, but I know it's a possibility. So um, I wasn't. I signed a contract, but I, you know, no one's promised anything, Uh, uh, so uh, I don't have any hard feelings. I just, uh, I just take it as it's just a learning experience, and um, you know, just try to be better next time
0: the tay receiver for the toronto argos joining us on inside sports released by the eskimos on the weekend and uh now he's signed with uh, toronto who he played with uh, before he came here so uh quite a journey for you i i gotta ask you i I given every, all of this that was going on in your life were you, were you able to sit down and enjoy the super bowl and if so what did you think <laughs>
2: no i was not able to enjoy the super bowl <laughs> uh yeah no it was uh you know just a, it was a stressful time uh, honestly. Um, just, just coming to a realization that my time in Edmonton was up, it was was just tough, man, because, you know, like I said, man, you go to love the people here, you go to love the city, um, and, you know, the teammates that I have, my brothers, you know, I just, you know, you grow really close to a lot of guys, and that's that's just the toughest part is the people, but, um, you know, knowing that, you know, I had a chance to going back home kind of lessen the blow a little bit, um. So, but I did not enjoy the Super Bowl. Cause all I could think about was everything I was going to miss and everything.
0: <laughs> and what are you going to miss the most? Man, like I keep saying,
2: just definitely the people, the organization, the fans. There's so many fans that you know contact me and tell me that they uh, they were devastated, and to have that kind of reaction from people, some people I had never met before, was uh, was kind of truly touching to me because uh, it just shows that. Um, so for whatever reason, uh, some people took a liking to me, and uh, that just meant a lot to me. So, uh, I'm going to miss the fans that, you know, there are times that I wasn't really playing um, that would still like hit me up, and say, hey, man, keep going. You're going to be good. Or even when I was playing more, they're like, oh, I watched you from the beginning. Uh, keep it going. I love you here. You're a great comb- uh, ambassador for the team, the community. So, I'm going to miss that. Also, walking into the building, like, everybody from, like, Dwayne, Danny Graham, the equipment guys, they're all awesome. You know, they make work come into fun. uh, uh, They make coming to work really fun. You know, like, teammates. We had all, you know, awesome teammates, like Calvin McCarty, Ryan King, Blair Smith. You know, the guys that have been here for a while, you know. like Even Trevor this year, you know, we became really good friends off the field as well. And, you know, just missing guys. Going to miss guys like that. Um, And then guys like marketing. You know, like Trevor. You know, um, you'll know, you have guys in the ticket office, Wade. Um, just from the top, uh, top to bottom, uh, Cliff. Uh, you know, who handles our uh, media relations stuff. You know, the the, the TV guys, Trent and Mike. We um, deal with them pretty often. They're all awesome. Um, I hope I'm not missing anybody. But Jonesy, you know, he's doing community relations this year, and you know, got to know him a little bit more. Um, you know, it's, it's just it's just tough, but. Uh, just just the way it is, just the people, man. Gonna miss the people a lot. Uh you know, uh coaches are gone. But uh yeah, other than that, yeah. Uh, though yeah, the trainers, uh they will probably be mad if I miss them. Um, you know, Hay and, and uh, Donnie, you know, they do a great job. So uh yeah, just the people. They're all lost awesome people. That's what makes them so special for sure.
0: Well, we enjoyed having you here as as a player and also uh, as a person. You are always great to to interview. You were a great guest reporter. Certainly one of my highlights from last season will be your uh, long touchdown against the BC Lions and I think the third game of the season. We actually had that in our our Inside Sports intro for a while. So thanks for checking in. I hope these interviews don't end as you go on to the Argos. Thanks for taking us through what you went through over the last week and we wish you all the best. Thank you so much. And, yeah, don't forget about me. Uh, <laughs> I certainly
2: won't forget about you guys. But, uh, yeah, I hope you keep it going and um, for a long time. And, you know, just know that I appreciate you. I appreciate Dave, Morley, you know, all the guys. Um, Kirby, you guys are all awesome. It was good. great to get to know you guys. And, you know, hopefully we can, we can stay in touch.
0: Right on. See you in a day. T- all right. Take care. TJ J checking in tonight. So uh, yeah, he told the story. There was uh, had a bonus coming up, and the Eskimos said, "Well, what if we uh, restructured a little bit? Probably involved taking a pay cut." Didn't work out. He gets released, and uh, he quickly signs with the Toronto Argos. Good guy, good guy, good uh, good Canadian receiver. Wish him the best with Toronto. Appreciate him telling that story. It is 7:19. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 6:30 Chet. If you follow 6:30 Chet on Instagram. You can go to that account and you can ask me a question. And then I'm going to be answering those questions after the show from uh, 8 to 9. I think we've got some rolling in. You can uh, ask me a sports-related question, a broadcasting-related question, a, a goofy question if you want, whatever you like. Go to 630 Chat Instagram and you can fire that
1: off. We're back after the break.
0: All right, from the motion picture twister... Humans Being by Van Halen. Best thing about that movie. Kellen agree or disagree?
3: You know, like the Flying Cow? The Flying Cow is the best part of the movie, in my Well, the
0: Flying Cow was fine, I guess. <laughs> Who was in that? Uh, Helen Hunt? Yep. Bill Paxton. Paxton was in yep. it. And he has uh, passed away a couple years ago. He didn't did, he? unfortunately. Yeah. He, he had some pretty good roles though. hmm uh, Helen Hunt. You know, Mad About You is back? Oh. Really? Yeah, it's on some streaming service that no, no one's fair. heard of, I think. I never watched Mad About You. I saw some ad. Fort McMurray named the most romantic city in Canada. What publication was that? I don't even know. I just read random stuff off Twitter. Uh, so somebody texted, it's cold outside, nothing on TV. So there you go. That makes Fort McMurray romantic. Outstanding. I haven't been to Fort McMurray in years. Maybe, maybe it's more, more, rat, more romantic than I remember. It is the uh, Oilers and the Sharks coming up tomorrow. Three-game homestand for Edmonton. Sharks tomorrow. Predators on Saturday. Chicago Blackhawks on Tuesday, as the uh, Oilers will try to bank some more points and stay in there in that playoff race. Really good in the Pacific Division. I, you know, a lot of speculation, a lot of discussion around who the Oilers might acquire. Somebody called in last night about Thornton. Rob and I discussed Marlowe. We had Brett Hedekin on and said, well, those players, if they decide to be traded, if they're interested in going to a certain team, Doug Wilson is probably going to try to make that work. Somebody wrote in last night about Ilya Kovalchuk from the Montreal Canadiens, who has done okay with the the Canadiens. I, I, we'll see who the Oilers try to acquire I mean there's a lot of talk about maybe Benino, Athanasiu, somebody like that I, I don't think the Oilers well I know they don't I know Ken Holland doesn't want to give up a first-round pick he doesn't want to give up a blue-chip prospect you no know, not Bouchard nope not Broberg not Benson when you think about who the Oilers might be asking for I think you have to think of it in terms if you're the other team who would you want off the Oilers for that player and maybe that gives you a better indication of, uh, of whether or not the trade could work. The, the texter last night said Gagne and Kara for Kovalchuk. You know, I, I think Sam Gagne right now has found a good little niche here with the Oilers. I, I don't know if another team is going to think at the trade deadline that's somebody they, they could acquire. Kara's not playing well. He's struggling to fill his role on the Oilers but maybe that could be somebody another team might take on as a project if they're parting with somebody uh, at, the, at the deadline. But it was interesting. One caller phoned in last night and said, well, if I'm the Montreal Canadiens and I'm trading Ilya Kolachuk, I'm asking for Tyler Benson and, and maybe Jujar. And that's probably not something the Oilers would do, so you're probably looking at something in between. But, hey, it's it's nice to be talking about the Oilers maybe trying to add a piece to beef up for a playoff run as opposed to who are they selling off, what are their draft lottery odds, all that kind of stuff. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 780-4FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Mark Pesek, defenseman slash forward. For the Florida Panthers, former Oil King, he's from Sherwood Park, had a hat trick on Monday against the Leafs. He'll check in after the news. Rangers lead the Maple Leafs 4-2 early in the third. About six minutes left in the second period in Chicago. It's a 1-1 tie. Chicago and Boston. Raptors trailing Indiana 106-101. Five and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Oilers flew home today from Arizona. They will have a morning skate tomorrow. They will have the game tomorrow night. 6 o'clock face-off show. 7.30 puck drop against the San Jose Sharks. Hey, uh, here's a highlight for a local kid. Here on the near side, Dennis Mulgan out to the right point. Mike Matheson through the near circle down to the corner. Side of the net. Mark Pesic in front. He scores. Mark Pesic has given the Panthers a 1-0 lead. He was set up by Matheson, and Pesic hashes in with 8.30 to go here in the first. The Panthers have the first one. As now the Leafs do turn it over, Mike Hoffman grabs control, for the Panthers out to the right point. Brown over to the far side. Long shot, Matheson. Cliff save. Rebound, they score. It's Mark Pesic in front. His second of the game, and the Panthers are back to within a it goal. Goal. Panthers looking to close it out here. Perry left it for Marner, it's taken away, a Mark Pesek toward the empty net in, and he scores on the empty net, a hat-trick for Mark Pesic and the Panthers take a 5-3 lead. Yeah, Mark Pesic with the hat-trick on Monday against the Maple Leafs, first one in the NHL, and he was playing forward in that game, and we welcome Mark back to Inside Sports. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. It's nice to have you on the show, and you were able to record a hat-trick against the Toronto Maple Leafs a couple days ago. Man, tell us how that felt.
3: Yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty cool feeling. Um, I got the uh, the first one, and then the second one, I wasn't really sure if it went in, and then you uh, put me out late in the game with the empty net, and, you know, it was kind of in the back of my mind, and then once I, uh, I had a little half breakaway, I was shaking. I didn't want to miss that. I think I fell down, and uh, I don't even know if he tripped me, but I was so nervous, I was shaking, and there was, there was nothing that was going to get in the way of me putting that into the net.
0: Well, I, I think you got tripped. I think they might have given you that one, even, even if you had put it in. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a, a pretty crazy way to, to finish off the hat trick. And and in a city where uh, in, in a city like Toronto too, where there's there's a lot of people watching and paying attention to the game.
3: Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely uh, definitely cool to get a hat trick. I I don't think it uh, it well it definitely didn't matter to me where it was, but uh, it was pretty cool. Do you remember
0: your last hat trick?
3: Um, yeah, I got asked that question yesterday. I think I was 12 years old, maybe. Um, and it was in Millennium Place in Shred Park. I think it was a a playoff game or to get into provincials. We played, uh, we played the Shred Park team. Um, yeah, that was the last time, long time ago.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. well, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Now, did you keep the puck or did a teammate grab the puck or what's the deal?
3: Yeah, I got the puck. Um, it was uh, Noel Achari. He was he came in and, um, yeah, he grabbed the puck for me. So that's definitely uh, going to be something cool to keep for, uh, you know, forever that's a cool one.
0: Okay, now what's going on with, with your position this season? I, I know before you guys played in Edmonton, uh, heck, that was uh, a while ago now, back in November. Uh, actually, back in October, you would played a couple games at Forward, and you were up there last night. So what what's going on with a little bit of the, the moving back and forth. Can you enlighten us here?
3: Ah, uh, yeah, I think that at the start of the year, I was I got scratched a few games and then, um, one morning skate, something happened. I think a guy got sick or something and, um, you know, Q came to me and said, you're going to dress tonight. Yeah. We might be, we might go D, or we might have yet forward. And, um, I just played a regular shift on forward that, that night, uh, just as a fourth line you know we played probably eight or nine minutes whatever it is and then um from there I played a few games forward uh and then through some injuries I was playing on the back end I think I played defense when I was in Edmonton there um but then for the most part of the year I just been uh they've, they've liked me at forward so I've been playing forward and um I think the confidence in <laughs> our line has been growing a little bit uh with a more defensive-minded guy like myself uh Obviously, the defenseman. Um, but yeah, it's been—it's definitely been weird. But I'm uh, just trying to make the most of it, and it's been a lot of fun.
0: Now, at any point in your hockey career prior, had you played forward?
3: No, nope, never. I don't think I was honestly trying to think of that when it first started. When he first asked me if I could play forward, if I ever had, and thinking back, I don't think I have ever, ever played forward. So was that? I'm I'm curious.
0: Is that? tough to hear at first that your coach is asking you to try a, a different position I mean or did you have to sort of get past a, a mental or emotional block about it or how did you handle just being asked
3: uh, well it was pretty frustrating at the start of the year just not playing you know the games were I don't know how many games we were into the season um, at least four or five games in I don't think I had addressed yet so uh, when he came and said you're addressing I was, I was pumped up didn't matter which position I was playing and then uh, looking at it now, um, you know I'm just I'm just working, looking to stay in the lineup. And if it's forward, if it's D, um, whatever whatever he wants me to do, I'll do. And um, I think that's just just what I got to do right now to to stay in and make an impact.
0: Mark Peslik from the Florida Panthers joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Well, the Panthers, you guys have been an interesting team to watch. Uh, an extended run here of playing some pretty good hockey since the middle of December, you guys have gone 12, five and one. You had a six game winning streak in, uh, in January that included three wins at home, three more on the road. So tell us a little bit about what's been going on the last month and a half that has you banking a significant number of points.
3: Yeah, I think that, uh, well, that six game win streak, obviously we're on a streak like that, um, uh, you just kind of find ways to win. I think we won one with, you know, four or five seconds left in the game. Uh, I don't know if we came back in any there, but things were just going right for us. And then coming off the break, I think one of our losses, that was a tough one against Montreal. Um, But yeah, things are just rolling. Uh, You know, Q's been pretty uh, confident in all four lines, so we've been kind of, you know, everybody's had the energy going against the other teams, and Bob's been great for us uh, in net, so I think that gives us a huge boost, and we um, yeah, we're, uh, hopefully we can keep this run going and, and put some more points in and, uh, you know, definitely make it to the playoffs. Well,
0: and another game with the Oilers coming up in a week and a half. That's going to be on the 15th. Uh, the Panthers will be the home team for that one, so that'll be fun to see you guys play. i got to ask you one more here. It's, a, it's about your old junior team. I don't know how much attention you pay they are 34-8-9 are the season are the Edmonton Oil Kings they they got the best record in the WHL uh do you try to keep an eye on them when you can i know if there's, i know there's a bit of distance between you and the oil kings now with you're in the uh, in the miami area but how much uh, are you able to to pay attention to the kings
3: uh definitely i follow them on twitter and see how things are going and uh you know they tweet when the rankings come out and stuff so i keep keep tabs on it and uh you know they're having a good season this year and Hopefully they can do what uh, you know what we did. So at my last year and a couple of years after I was gone, and go to Mem Cup, and uh, it's always fun to fun to see them do well, and I can give it to the guys here that that played out in the West when they're doing good, and you know if they're not doing so good, guys will make sure to let me know too. So it's good when they're doing good.
0: Well, right on. Well, Mark, again, congratulations on the hat trick. Thanks for sharing the experience with us, and all the best with the Panthers the rest of the way. We'll talk to you again.
3: Thank you very much.
0: Mark Pesic, always nice to speak with him. Good game for him and the Panthers on uh, Monday night. They weren't able to get the win yesterday, but they're looking pretty good. And Pesic. Not at the journey he expected this season. He told you about being shifted from defense to forward at times by coach Joel Quinville, but it's uh, been a way for him to get into the lineup whenever he can, and uh, good stuff for him. Got his fifth, sixth, and seventh goals of the season against the Maple Leafs. Uh, we'll keep in touch with Mark as the season rolls along. All right, 780-496-0063 is the number to both call and to text. Kevin writes in, he says, hey, Reid, really hope Ken Holland doesn't make a knee-jerk trade at the deadline. Wouldn't want to see the Oilers sacrifice young talent to try to go on a run this year. And uh, he goes, uh, Kevin goes on to say the Oilers team is, uh, is decent. I wouldn't tinker with too much. Give them a chance to gel and see what they can do. Well, I think Ken Holland still is going to get some more information on the team. I would think Tyler Benson is going to play at, at some point. You might as well give him a shot maybe as soon as tomorrow against the San Jose Sharks. We'll see how the lines shake down at the morning skate. But that's another player I would want to see since we have seen so many players come up from Bakersfield this season and contribute. Ethan Baer leading the way right out of the gate. C- uh, Caleb Jones, I think, has been able to hold his own as kind of a six-seven defenseman scored on both Friday and Saturday against the Blues and then the Flames Yamamoto has come up and and done excellent better than I than I thought he could at this stage of his career you know William Lagesson we haven't seen a lot of but it some some better depth on the farm with prospects for the Oilers, so I think you have to give Benson a look. Maybe that's you know maybe he and Yanomamoto are going to be internal additions for the Oilers where they don't have to go try to desperately shopping for, uh, shop for another player. Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet has uh, written in his thirty one thoughts. He says I think the Oilers have at the very least look at Thomas Tatar. GM Ken Holland knows him very well. Again, though, Montreal feels injuries derailed its season and wants to be competitive in 2020-21. So you've really got to move the needle to get the Canadiens' attention. Anything like this is tough for the Oilers, guys. Tatar, over a $5 million cap hit. The Oilers, less than a $1 million in cap space. So... Man, a team's got to take some money back or retain some money, and then you get in a situation where if a team's going to do you a favor, maybe you got to give up or a pick or a prospect you would like to hang on to. Tatar's an interesting player, 108 points in his last 135 games. He's done pretty well for the Canadians uh, offensively. Uh, again, will the Oilers be able to afford to add a player like that? It's 744. we got an interesting, uh, interesting guy coming up after the break. Stats and research, hockey stats and research for a living. Sound like a dream job? He'll-
1: explain.
0: Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Well, if you're listening to this show, you probably like sports at least a little bit. You probably like stats and numbers at least a little bit. How would you like to have a job revolving around those things? Stan Naratka does stats and research for Hockey Night in Canada and Sportsnet. He's a great follow on Twitter. I've tweeted out a link to his account on, uh, on my account. At Reed Wilkins, if you want to check him out. Interesting guy, interesting profession, and we welcome Stan to Inside Sports. Stan, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, it's awesome to have you on the show, and Stan, I got to say, you have one of those Twitter accounts where someone could say, oh, I'm just going to look at a couple of things, and 10 minutes later, they've scrolled down several months and seen all the fun stats and stuff that that, 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 that you put out. Where, where, do you, where do you find all this stuff, first of all? Where, how do you get going with your research?
1: Well, a lot of times, you know, uh, we're doing stuff for Sportsnet uh, and you find little things like even on the show last night, you find things by accident. I'll give you a quick example. We were talking about Charlie McAvoy of the Bruins that he hadn't scored a goal. So I just happened to look up and found out that he had taken the most shots of anybody in the league without scoring a goal. And I thought that's fascinating because a player of that caliber shouldn't be in that situation.
0: Boy, that's the Toby Reader stat we had last year in Edmonton. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So how do you, like, you have one of these gigs where a lot of people would probably be like, that can't be a real job. Or they would say, how do you get a job like that? I assume you've heard things like that over the years.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Basically, I mean, I started out in in journalism, but I got uh, to show my age back in the 80s. I was actually the... uh, public relations director for the St. Catherine Saints and the American Hockey League. They were the Leafs Farm Club back then. So it got me into the hockey business. And then throughout, you know, you make contacts and you talk to people and you end up, uh, you know, where you end up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that just kind of led, like, one thing led to another. And how how long have you been with Sportsnet now?
1: Well, basically it started with Hockey Night in 2004. And obviously when the transition was made and we went over... Uh, to that so 2004 the playoffs uh that year they needed somebody and they came up to me and i was doing some stuff from freelancing and they knew uh about me and they and joel darling the executive producer hired
0: me all right and you're still you're still going strong now in it you know know, in that time since 2004 social media has taken off there wasn't twitter there might have been facebook in 2004 it was pretty new if there was there, there's so many ways for fans to get things out there for media to get things out there has has that changed the urgency for you in the way you have to come up with with stats or how unique how unique they might have to be to give fans something maybe they haven't already looked up themselves how, how has that affected everything
1: uh it has because sometimes. uh You know, I'm not the only person at Sportsnet Stats, and all of a sudden I'll look on Twitter and they have just put something out that I was going to put out, so obviously I'm not going to duplicate that. But on the other hand, you might see something that somebody else puts out that triggers something in you that go, oh, wait a minute, I can take this in a different direction or I can take it a little step further.
0: For research, how much do you rely on the internet, on digital stuff? How much will you still pull out a good old-fashioned paper record book or media
1: guide sometimes? Well, unfortunately, the NHL stopped putting out the great guide that they used, and it's all online. So pretty much, unless you're going back into the archives looking for some old stuff, anything recent is just pretty much 100% online for me.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of disappointed to lose some of the paper stuff too. The Oilers didn't do a paper media guide this year. It's easy to access online. We still got an NHL paper rulebook stand, which I like because yep. I know about every eighth game I'm going to have to find the goalie interference video review challenge <laughs> and check it for our post-game show. So Absolutely. I miss I miss just the quick reference of flipping to a page sometimes.
1: Yeah, and plus, if there's a there's an occasions where I'm actually working at a game and I could just whip through it quickly and then show the either the color man or the play-by-play guy just by pointing it, whereas with a computer, I really can't do that. So that's kind of lost, and then you don't have time to really write anything down in that. sometimes in a quick uh, moment like that.
0: Stan Naradka joining us on Inside Sports, Hockey Night in Canada and Sportsnet. Uh, does stats, does a bunch of research. He gives you the NHL stat of the day. He's got a great Twitter account. SMN013 uh, some video, I mean you work with Jeff Merrick who's uh, who's a great guy uh, so I, I know you must have a lot of fun is there a stat and there are a lot now with the advanced stats, well let me ask you this first do you, do you dive into a lot of the newer advanced stats the, you know, the Corsi, the Fenwick and all that kind of stuff how deep do you go to that side of it?
1: I'm well aware of it but I sort of stay away from it it's not my real forte per se mine is sort of not so much almost stats; it's more almost like information type of thing. Something that might you might say, "Wow, well, I didn't know that." Uh, I'm always sort of thinking at the from on a night, when we're on ice surfing or the, on hockey night in Canada that the person may be sitting at home having a beer, going, "I don't want to know about course you're fun with," but if I could something throw something out there, saying, and I'll just give you a quick example: Blake Coleman of New Jersey has 19 goals this year, not on the power play somebody at home could understand
0: that yeah that's a good way to put it try to tell a bit of a story right as as quick as you can that's cool um so how much fun was it and this is where i really started looking at at some of your stuff online stan digging into the goalie penalty minutes (laughs) in the wake of the talbot smith fight
1: oh absolutely um on the ice surfing we do uh i do a feature i'm actually on, on camera scarily enough and i do a feature called then and now and i had something else previously planned but after the uh fracas on saturday night i thought no we have to have something and i remembered uh going back to uh, an old fight between ron hextall and felix podban and then um uh, jason york we played with anaheim remembered one and uh, that we brought up, and that's one cool thing—we were able to bring up all these clips on air pretty quickly, and we sort of made a feature of it and started our show with it yesterday.
0: Yeah, well, it's been—that's it, been—that's uh, been a pretty interesting one to see, and and uh, some, some goalies used to fight quite a bit. <laughs> they were—they were, they were
1: oh. shy. <laughs> Absolutely, and then like uh, I don't know if we, a lot of people might not have thought, but we had Ray Emery who was actually fighting—not another goalie, but another player and people were forgetting that guys used to do that. And he was fighting, uh, Josh Gratton, who used to be a tough guy himself. And he wasn't exactly, uh, you know, picking on somebody, uh, that wasn't in his weight class.
0: All right. So here, here's the other question regarding what you do, Stan. Is this, is this your full-time gig? Like, can you make a living doing this? Is this something you do, uh, kind of on the side? Cause I, I know there are people
1: listening, thinking, how do I get that job? <laughs> well, uh, I do have the summer off, and that's kind of a nice thing, but uh, on the other hand, through when the playoffs start, I am at hockey night every single night, and so it adds up that way, and then through the week, I do some freelancing for some other teams, so through my contacts that I've had previously. So I might be able to do a lot of work from home, but I'm also in the studio a couple of days a week, and then sometimes I'm actually at the games themselves working for for teams doing stats within the game themselves, so I pieced together sort of a, you know, a puzzle together, and it's kind of worked out for me, and I couldn't be happier.
0: Well, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Again, I, I got to encourage people to check out their uh, Twitter account if they, you know, have fifteen minutes or two hours at work they don't feel like doing <laughs> actual work. Uh, <laughs> yours is a yeah. good. One. Have you? Have anybody ever told you that? Like, Stan, you're distracting me with all this good information. You're pulling me away from stuff I should be doing. <laughs>
1: Well, not so much that, but if you do have odd mistake, people will let you know very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a good point. Well, no mistakes
0: in this interview, Stan. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on your stuff and enjoy the rest of the season here. It's certainly a fun drive in the Pacific Division. Absolutely. It's
1: a craziness uh, from day to day.
0: Sure is. Stan Naradka, stats and research for Hockey Night in Canada at Sportsnet. That was fun. Rangers up 4-2 on the Leafs with seven minutes left after two. Chicago and Boston tied 1-1. The Raptors beat the Pacers 1-19-118. You can go to the 630 Chet Instagram account and you can ask me a question, and I'm going to start answering them in the next hour. So fire me off something you'd like to know about me, my job, or whatever. On the six thirty Chad Instagram account, Oilers and Sharks tomorrow six o'clock faceoff show game at seven thirty. Kellen Kennedy's your studio producer. Dave Campbell is the producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you for listening. Have a great night.
1: Six thirty Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on six thirty Chad.